0: Hey, this is James Malincheck, featured on ABC's hit TV show Secret Millionaire, and you are listening to the App Guide Podcast.
1: The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul the App Guy.
2: Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp, and uh, I'm thrilled that we can have two guests. So we got two for the price of one tonight because. Uh, For me, uh, I'm going to be chatting with two founders, co-founders of this uh, awesome app. It's so good that they've called it It Looks Good On Me. And uh, yeah, it's a really good app. Uh, They've got a terrific journey. They've been working on this for over a year together. And uh, we're going to learn a lot about uh, their journey with this app. So, if you are an aspiring app developer, entrepreneur, solopreneur, and you want to hear the journey of uh, two co founders going through uh, the ups and downs of their journey getting this app to, to the App Store and, and getting it successful, then uh, this is the episode for you. So, it just leaves me to introduce then uh, Matthew uh, Blakemore and uh, Tatiana Aputina. Uh, and welcome to the App Guy Podcast.
1: Hi, how are you Thank you,
2: doing? you. hi. <laughs> so, well, first of all, how did you both uh, meet and kind of get on on the, you know, the, the journey with this app?
1: Um, so we both went to the University of Hertfordshire um, and studied international business together. Um, I was a couple of years in front of Tatiana in university. So when I graduated, I, I kind of had this, this urge to, to work for a tech startup and to, to be involved in that, like a, an exciting tech company. So I went and worked for a couple of businesses while Tatiana was finishing her degree. And then, uh, you know, after, after doing a couple of years working with other people, um, I really wanted to do something, uh, set up my own business. And I knew Tatiana had the same sort of enthusiasm for doing that. So then uh, when she graduated, we, we met up and we started talking about what looks good on me. And, uh, yeah, really, it went, it went from there. Uh, originally, it was an idea with so many different, you know, things we were going to include in this app. And it, it's taken us a long time to to focus it and to make it what it is today.
2: Well, I mean, what was really interesting is so many people listening are going through that same career choice that you had to make. Uh, you know, and I'm guessing a lot of people are tempted with the money of high paying careers, you know, in tech or the city or wherever you know like a career could take you how hard was it to you know go into doing your own thing after working for that startup
1: um to be honest it was it kind of felt like the right moment for me on the basis that um i made the conscious decision Having when I, when I graduated, that I, I didn't want to work for, um, you know, a corporation. Uh, I didn't want to work my way up in a company. I wanted to try while I was um, younger and had less responsibilities. Like I didn't have a family to, to, to you know, cater for or to care for or that in that sense. Um, so I felt like I had the freedom at this point, moment in my life to, to try something exciting like working for startups and try something that, you know, it's, it's not a guaranteed success with when you do a startup. I think I say it's something like 20% of all startups succeed, which means that obviously there's quite a high chance with uh, a tech startup, even after you've launched, that you're not actually going to, mm. to succeed. So we took that risk knowingly, and it felt like the right time to do it.
0: Yeah. For me personally, for example, um, I actually always thought I would be working for a big company because um, I was studying international business, and then I was thinking, well, um in my mind, I was kind of representing a big company and traveling globally. And um, because I speak quite a few languages as well. So that's that, that was happening in my mind. And then I started to work for um, a fashion company in marketing NPR. And it was very interesting, very, um, I learned a lot of things there. But then at the same time, um, it really annoyed me that I didn't really have um, much power, and I couldn't decide many things. And then, um you know all the power was coming from from the top and you would be working on projects that pr- sometimes wouldn't go ahead and then it's like oh invested so much energy into someone else's you know um uh, idea that in the end didn't go through or something so it really uh frustrated me and i and i really wanted to um try and you know do something um of my own create some mm business and then uh, when Matthew came with this idea, um, and it was fashion related as well, which I really wanted to get involved into. Anyway, and then uh, yeah, once we started, in the beginning, it was uh, sort of a yeah, let's let's give it a go, let's mm. see how it you know how it feels. Um, and the more you do it, the more you just like, oh my god, this is the best thing. It is very very challenging, so don't mm. don't get me wrong. But um, I do enjoy every moment of it, just well, because.
2: At least you don't have to get too used to a big salary that you uh, have to give up.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that um, for other people it might be a bit difficult because. Um, you do have to either save up or, um, you know, do other jobs. So we're doing jobs on the side as well because it is quite, quite tough.
1: Yeah, it's all about the sacrifices you're willing yeah. to, to, to take, you know, to make to, to make it a success.
2: Well, I really wish I'd met you guys a long time ago in my career because like me and many others listening to this right now, you do get caught up in that whole career trap and it's hard to, to see... You know, basically, what you've said is makes incredible amount of sense, both of you, and you know the fact that you're young and you don't have a lot of commitments and you can make these risks. But it doesn't feel like that when you're you're surrounded by people that have like career aspirations and you get caught up in the whole herd mentality. So, but it's it's refreshing to hear you both speak about the freedom and, in a way. I have to say that this podcast is almost like a book because just three episodes ago, we were talking to uh, one of the guys that's been on the show, Secret Millionaire, and he was talking about freedom and that we all aspire to have freedom in our work life. And And, and how much freedom do you, you think you have uh, as a kind of startup co-founders?
1: I mean, the freedom you have when you've got your own business is that you can, you always, you know, you make the decisions. So you you decide on, you know what you're going to do for marketing, what you're going to do for um, how what you're going to add to the products, the user journey. So you're always in control of everything. But in terms of freedom, like having free time and things, that doesn't really occur until until much at a later stage. <laughs> so um, I mean, it's it, it's it's uh, it's kind of like a working freedom yeah. in that you you get to do the things that you want to do for your business. Yeah. But it's not like a freedom where you get loads of free time to do stuff that you, you know, like partying and going off on a beach somewhere. You don't really get to do that.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting the way of looking at it. Um, I think, um, yeah, define freedom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think Matthew wanted. To well, do, well yeah. also
2: define work as well. It define mean-
0: work because I think, for example, we do work uh, like every day, and we do have meetings, and we, you know, try. Um, I don't know, going to networking events and um, just, you know, there's a lot of administration work. But then um, it's at the same time um, you see the progress and it's just so amazing and it doesn't doesn't really feel like work, to be honest, because you're just working mm-hmm. on your own little project. And it's just you see where it's going and how it's developing and every little success is um it just makes you feel really great
2: about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about your app then, because there's a lot of again people listening who uh, maybe have an idea, and y- you know you've actually made this happen. So perhaps you could talk through the stages of y- y- you know having the idea, and then literally what you steps what you took to to make this reali- a reality.
1: Yeah, sure. So really, the 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 first. Concept of looks good on me actually was was a long time ago, about six seven years ago. Um, and I had an idea to to create a website where people could post up photos to get feedback on on outfits. And I never, you know, I, I I tried it for a bit, and I never really pursued it too far because I thought, you know, at this point, I don't have time with university and things. So I shelved the idea, but I had the domain looks good on me, and I think that's a really important point. If you if you can get a really good brand. Uh, behind you, behind you in the first place, like a good name for your your app that's going to stand out. Then that's a really important point. Um, then, as I mentioned earlier, when when I'd worked for a couple of years for startups, and I feel like I'd gained the experience I needed to 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 really have a good shot of setting up my own business. That was when Tatiana and I started working full out on the app. Yeah. And the first thing we had to really do was was plan the user journey and the user experience and see exactly what we wanted to do. Um to you know in the fashion sector to really revolutionize it what what was what was they missing the
0: yeah well yeah. also what I wanted to add as well to people who want to um come up with their own business or app um in particular um if you have a good idea, try to find a good business partner because I think doing it on your own is really really difficult, so um I think if i'd or if Matthew would have been doing it on his own um so, so, so
2: Tatiana, what went wrong then with your his case? Because you ended up with Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, you guys. You sound like a really good partnership.
0: It was, it was it was perfect, actually. It just made made perfect sense for us to collaborate, and um, it's just sometimes it is it can get very tough. I I find, and uh, it's not always, you know. Uh, I mean, there are always like nice successes and uh, good things happening. But there are also, especially for us, because we Mm -hmm. are, you know, we don't have the long career paths behind us. So there are always people, you know, doubting us and saying, oh, yeah, you know, you just kind of almost fresh from Mm -hmm. university. Like, where is the guarantee that you're going to be successful? So it has it is, you know, you, you need each other to be able to support each other mentally as well as. Um, in terms of the yeah. workloads of you,
2: what you're doing. Tatiana, have you been listening to all my episodes? Because they, they seem to be all the themes of this entire series, 180 odd episodes of my show. <laughs> really? And uh, you, you're hitting on all the big themes. Uh, because recently I put together a series of uh, five uh, separate uh, audios just summarizing some of the big themes. And uh, you seem to be hitting on all of them because getting the right co-founder, getting you know a work good working relationship, it, it seems like a very vital thing to do. Uh, we've uh, chatted to people that have been burnt uh, because of the relationships they they inevitably uh, you know had, and, and because of the roller coaster ride that we have to go on with this this thing uh, being an entrepreneur and uh, you know starting a business, then. It's just uh, it does tether these relationships that you have with co-founders, and, and it can be quite challenging. So,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, Tatiana is absolutely right in the in the sense that you know I, I feel like we we do make a really good partnership in this, um, which is fantastic for the business because um, we both have skills that complement each other uh, moving forward, and we're both really motivated by the project. Um so in terms of, of getting back to the 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 journey that we went on really yeah. it was uh you know for from from the moment we started talking about looks good on me and how we were going to you know use it to to try and um solve a problem in the fashion sector. we looked at what was being said in 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 retail and what what was happening um and we we read an article uh, where Richard Branson had said that that in store. Shops were not really capitalizing on technology. And he felt that there was a big gap in the market for disruptive technology that could really improve um, not only the shopper's experience, but the overall um, experience for the retailer and the consumer um, to try and create a, a shopping experience that was more enjoyable and exciting. And uh, we were really tapped into that. Um, and that's when we came up with the uh, the, the overall concept for Looks Good On Me, um, which Tatiana is now going to uh,
2: speak, speak to you about. Well, Just just before you do that, <laughs> Tatiana, I do have to say that it has been almost 100 episodes since I did mention my last uh, jaunt with Richard Branson. I was at his house and uh, I got to hang with him. He's an amazing uh, entrepreneur. And so if he says there's a gap in the market, it's obviously a very <laughs> worthwhile thing listening to him.
1: Oh absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, we uh, we decided to create this application basically um that will allow um people to make quick decisions while shopping. So um it's a very, very easy concept that um basically you um go into the store um and um you send your friends an alert. So Actually, in the beginning, you have to download the app. <laughs> I, I forgot the, the, the most important part. Um, but you have to download the app and then you invite your friends to become your fashion advisors. And then once you're in the store, you send them an alert that you're about to try something on. And um, then once you're in the changing room, you take a picture of yourself and send it to all of your friends with, with a time limit. Exactly, you put them a time, you give them a time limit to get back to you, and then um, they receive the picture, say yes or no, um, add a comment if they want to, and you get like a overall verdict of uh, whether you should buy something or not, or whether you should wear something to a party or not. So it's a very very simple concept, and this is what we learned as well. Um, while we were designing the app, because in the beginning we wanted to have all those amazing features. We wanted the app to do absolutely everything. <laughs> they were like, yes, it will be like the fashion center for uh you know for people and um and then the more we uh we started to attend events, app events, and uh, business events, and talk to other people uh get their experience as well and what we learned is that with apps, uh, the simpler, the better.
2: Well, why keep uh, the app so f- focused on, you know, usability and, and and being simple to use?
0: We wanted to create the app that is very, very convenient for people. So, if you think about the uh, what people are doing with apps, it's basically. Um, it's uh it's something you use on the go it's something that people are using um who are really busy or um they just look at the phone very quickly they want uh, to have one feature or two features maybe maximum that are really like convenient and just helping them in their daily life and um because personally I think um when I you know, use, open an app, and then I need to scroll for all the features and then find the right feature, and then I'm just uh, I'm just frustrated. <laughs> it just has to be very, very simple. And the way we design the app is um, that it uh, does one thing, but it does it really well at the moment. Mm. We will probably add more, more features as we get along and people get familiar with our product. But at the moment, what we wanted to do is uh, solve the problem uh, that people can't uh, make a decision uh, while trying on an outfit. So basically, you go to a store, uh, you don't have your friends with you.
2: But you take them virtually with you in a way, stuff. and you get yeah, their opinions. Stuff. Yeah, this is this is an absolutely amazing idea. Uh, I love it. I think it's... To, uh, and, and it almost makes me think... These companies with multi-million pound advertising budgets, with research and development, uh, I mean, all the big retail outlets. And yet it takes two guys that are, you know, kicking around the idea, just left school, bootstrapping, I guess, the company yeah. to yeah. come up with. It isn't like, you know, the day, the age we live in just phenomenally innovative?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's um, it's really exciting times to be an entrepreneur. Um but at the same time, you do have to be careful um, because these companies, although they don't come up with the ideas, are very capable of, of stealing the ideas. You know? So um, it's, it's, it's interesting, actually, because the way the trademark and patents um, business is run um despite it being like a government organization it's uh it's very tailored towards big organizations because obviously the the wealthier you are the more patents and protection you can afford to to put on your idea so if you're bootstrapping an app um interestingly enough it's 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 actually much harder for you to protect your idea
0: yeah so it's all about the marketing so the big big guys out there they can market their um they can just a lot of money into marketing their application if they Mm. come up with it or, or, you know, um,
2: copy it. Let's talk about that because that's a really interesting point it came up to, to me today as well you know how much do you disclose to people as you're building this thing out you know we've we've had uh, on one side of the opinion you talk about everything because an idea is, is best shared and then on the other it's you know signing uh, NDA non-disclosure agreements and not really revealing anything until it's in the app store.
1: Yeah I mean it's interesting because I, I read the 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 book the lean startup which you've probably heard of and I, I know it's one of the most famous books for startups but um, well actually
2: we just I think um, we had the co writer of that uh, he wrote a book called the lean entrepreneur as well yeah. and he's he's been on the show before one <laughs> of the earlier episodes
1: yeah and they um, him and Eric, Eric Reese they talk about you know um, you can share your ideas with everyone, like big companies, and they—if you wrote—if they, they use the example—if you wrote an email to Apple and just sent them your idea, they—they they, because they're such a big corporation, they wouldn't be able to um, make it in the time that that um, you have as, as you know as, as a new startup. And in some, in some respects, that's true because if you send it to a big organization or if you talk to like large retailers, it's going to take them a long time to, uh, to actually p- implement it. your product. Even if they absolutely love the idea, it will take them a long time to turn it around because they have so much paperwork and, things, and people to, to run it past. You know? But at the same time, there are companies now like Rocket Internet, which you have to be incredibly careful of because they see ideas being successful in one market And then they copy it, um, put a lot of money behind it and fire it into other countries. So effectively taking away the market opportunity for for the original entrepreneur, Um, which is a little bit disheartening, to be honest, and I don't know how these sort of companies are allowed to really exist. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I th- I think um, just just to add a point is that um, you can't it's very very difficult to protect yourself um, if you're an app developer or an app startup but on the uh, on the other hand uh, what I think is the key to success is you have to constantly be ahead of everyone else yeah. so you constantly have to innovate add new features uh, change a few things listen to your users and see what they actually want and if you know they want some Something new and exciting and just really take in the feedback and try to innovate all the time yeah. and that's how i think you'd be still ahead of everyone else so matthew
2: what was this evil empire we need to watch out for you mentioned the name rocket <laughs> internet is it
1: <laughs> well there's uh, rocket there's rocket internet, internet yeah. from germany and there's another one um from from russia which i can't remember the name of right now but they they are businesses that pride themselves on uh finding the next big thing and then s- stealing the idea um, recreating it under a different name putting millions of pounds behind it which they have um, uh, sticking lots of the professionals on, on it so that the people who've had experience in the industry and then uh, taking it into other territories so all other countries globally um, they've done it with Uber so they created Halo and, and things like this so they they are uh, people to watch out for if you're an entrepreneur i i came across them at google campus the other day so they don't um you know they are around unfortunately
2: <laughs> oh, that's such an. you know it's really interesting talking about this because uh it's almost like we've we've explored on this show before the benefits of launching in one country in one region uh, and iterating and iterating getting it right then then having a global launch uh but you know almost to me now, listening to you, I'm learning that it's probably best to just go for the the global launch, try and saturate as many markets as you can whilst you've you've got that kind of freshness of your idea uh, and try and beat these guys to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only way of going about it now because it's so competitive and because there are companies like that. Um, you have to really try and get um, the media behind you in as many territories as possible so that, you know, if, if the media get behind you, if you can rely on, Newspapers and things to pick up your idea and you get some celebrities behind it or something it can really help in giving you the the lead over these uh, over these big competitors, uh, but at the end of the day, also money speaks so you know if they 're putting millions of pounds into something um, you just got to hope that you get enough investment to enable you to stay ahead
2: and you know let 's talk about then you know as we draw to a close we 've got a few things to talk about what one i 'd love to know like how you get coverage. I mean, app marketing is one of the big topics of our show and uh, we'd love to know how you you do it, you know, how you got uh, any press coverage and uh, maybe any celebrity endorsements. What, what? How did you approach your marketing and launch of your app?
1: I mean, well, it's, it's still an ongoing process for us. So we're, we're launching our app uh, mid-November um, and we've been doing a lot of work in trying to get um, the bloggers actually, because obviously we're a fashion-based app, There's a big industry for fashion bloggers out there. And we've been trying to get some really high-profile ones on board so that they'll blog about our app and they'll get people who are interested in clothes and everything, um, you know, interested in downloading it. Another thing we've done is attend a lot of networking events. So, for example, Cosmopolitan had an event in London with Pixie Lott um, and some other really important stylists. And uh, we went to the event and then hung around at the end to network with them to tell them about our app. I mean, it's all about the, the work you're willing to put in. There's a lot of agencies out there <clears throat> that will promise you that they can deliver certain things. So if you, you know, they'll send your press release to thousands of newspapers for, for a lot of money. But uh, one thing we found is that actually it's it's much better to to approach these people in person and speak to them. Or even if you're standing outside like the Guardian's offices in London and you wait till the end of the day when they're all coming out. It's, Tatiana's done that, you know, she, she's
2: wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you it. and me, Tatiana. I've, I've done uh, something similar. It's called lobby crashing. And, uh, <laughs> y- you know, w- when I had my big city job, I could easily afford the entrance fees for the uh, conferences. But then when you're bootstrapping companies and, and working on your own, you know, sometimes these uh, one thousand, two thousand uh, pound, you know, ticket prices are too much, and uh, you get I get much more benefit just by hanging around the lobby.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> the <That's, that's laughs> tell you. she's been out there, you know, <laughs> rain or shine.
2: <laughs> and actually, you know, a, a really good thing um, that I found is that when you are, you know, in a lobby or outside the uh, Guardian, or wherever it is, you can actually tweet the people that you want to meet and uh, t- tell them you are hanging around and. Uh, and Twitter is just uh, unbelievable. At, uh, oh, that's a
0: brilliant idea! I'm going to do that. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I just point uh, everyone. Everyone listening to this, uh, there is the episode AP, uh, APS14. Uh, is the App Summit, and uh, and that's what I did. I, I tweeted people and got them the, uh, to interview on the show. Uh, you know, from uh, from Twitter. So it's just a wonderful way of uh, connecting with people.
1: It? it is yeah. uh, it is really good now you've got all these resources you know facebook mm-hmm. twitter and every, all the all of the different ones pinterest as well um for for getting people on board i mean i don't think social media has ever been this good in terms of um helping which, us, helping to, helping promote, us yeah. to promote our business yeah
2: oh well pinterest for you guys is amazing i mean obviously uh, you want to Check out my episode one four five with uh, the lady Gina Luca, who is getting one million uh, page views per month from Pinterest, and she she taught me how, her mechanism of how she was using it, and I've been trialing it over the last uh, three four weeks, and uh, and getting something like twenty thousand views per day on uh, some of the the boards, and uh, yeah, really, uh, I would say uh, Pinterest at the moment seems to be you know the platform that is so much more active and engaged. Than uh, perhaps Twitter, which is perhaps a little bit too overblown with uh, self promotion. Mm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I think, especially in the fashion industry with everything being so visual. That's why Pinterest is something we find really exciting, definitely. So I will listen to your podcast on that because uh, we're looking for ways to engage people more on our, on our Pinterest site. So that sounds really interesting.
2: Yeah, so the last uh, five minutes then, uh, I'd like to squeeze in two uh, general things that we talk about on every single episode, pretty much. One is uh, to come up with another idea for an app. I mean, you've come up with one already, awesome idea. And I'm wondering, perhaps uh, the best thing to do, actually, in this is, is maybe expand upon your idea in a way so well you know have you I'll just ask you straight up have you got any other app ideas that you've been thinking about that you've been toying around with Uh, otherwise we can kind of flesh out an app idea from you in another way
1: yeah I mean um, it's actually really interesting because before doing the the, the, it looks good on me um, we've been throwing around lots of different ideas we wanted to create an app to help students find the perfect university uh, you know, in a different way. So going about it, and instead of like just via the like the Times um, newspaper list or whatever, actually, it, you know, going into actually looking at more what students looked for when they were trying to find the right university. Um, I've got
2: an idea. You just you've spurred an idea. So how about this? And we've got a load of indie app developers listening to this who could probably build this. Um, So we've got Google Glass coming out. How cool would it be to just literally go and have a virtual tour from another student's perspective uh, wearing Google Glass? And so you just kind of get a feel of the place and uh, what some of the lessons are like and, and maybe even just sit down and and go through several uh, different universities virtually, you know, with Google Glass or Oculus Rift or wherever it may be, uh, and uh, and get a feel for for what it actually is like being a student there.
1: That would be amazing. I, I would use that app. <laughs> Even if, then I've already been to university yeah
2: would use that <laughs> well it doesn't have to just be university but uh that's true it could be it. anything in life you know the, put on um you know uh, I guess um the fact co-founders of looks good on me we could uh, live your life for a day see what it's like
1: yeah
0: <laughs> that's, that's interesting yeah well, not? that would
1: be yeah i think you see a lot of computer screens <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, actually we need to rethink that okay so that, that's some good ideas then uh, and finally we, we you know uh, we couldn't leave without uh, asking you this is the app guy podcast i love talking about apps and uh, do you have any apps one or two on your smartphones that perhaps uh, you you think we haven't heard of that could be Pretty good. You may want to grab your phone. It's always, uh, every guest, it's always within arm's reach. So, uh...
0: Well, I got um, a new one uh, recently um, It's called The True Caller. Um, and basically, it was recommended to me by a friend. Um, and the way it works is that it looks up the numbers, the people who are calling you in reverse. So as someone who's calling you and you don't know the number, um, it actually shows uh, the name of the person. Um, who is calling you, which is quite interesting. It doesn't do it if um, if the phone is um, uh, not displayed, the phone number. So it only uh, can do it if, if you actually can see the number and then it looks up the the name, basically, which is really interesting.
2: <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think. Um, Matthew, do you have one?
1: Um, I mean, to be honest, the, the app that I've downloaded that I'm using a lot at the moment is, uh, you've, probably, you've probably heard of it, it's, it's the Meetup app. Um, which is absolutely fantastic for if you've not signed up to, to meet up and you're around London, um, definitely do because there's so many different get togethers, tech events, um, and just um, meetups for people interested in th- certain things. And that, it's- That's actually
2: a really good reminder. I've used meetup many a time on the website. I did not know they had an app.
1: Yes, they do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fantastic thing because it flashes up on your phone whenever a new event is added by any of the ones that you've, you've followed. So it's, it's really good, for, especially because a lot of the tech events, you know, they sell out very quickly, especially if, <laughs> especially if they put them up for free. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, download that app because it's been really useful for us.
2: So uh, everyone listening there in the Apps to Tribe, just go uh, to episode 180 of the App Guy podcast at theappguy.co and uh, there'll be links to those uh, uh, apps and then I'll throw them in the a free report that uh, shows the top uh, guest uh, mentioned apps. And so that's theappguy.co uh, episode 180. Well, this has been a wonderful journey. Thanks for uh, joining us. How best can we reach out and connect with you guys?
1: Um, if you drop us an email at help at looksgoodonme.com, um, we will certainly get back to you if you've got any ideas for forming partnerships or if you just want to know more about the app, we're always happy to, uh, to talk. So, yeah, I think that's the, that's, the be- that's the best way. If you go to looksgoodonme.com as well, all of the details are on there.
0: Yeah, if you're a fashion blogger as well and want to get in touch or um, a fashion brand or upcoming fashion designer as well, um, you know, connect with us. Um, I think it's always important to um, support new talent out there and um, yeah, we'll definitely, you know, consider and uh, look at ways we can collaborate.
2: Well, I mean, I said in the pre-chat that uh, the, the the inspiration f- for sharing your journey possibly could mean someone left their uh, corporate job and, and, and went into working at, at a startup or working for themselves. So if anyone listening does get inspired by this and they end up making a change in their lives, please let us know, because uh, for me, uh, it, I, I've been totally inspired and uh I'm just so thankful that you've come on and shared your journeys uh, you sound both like great co founders if there's anything we can do to help you out then we will do and thanks very much for coming on the App Guide podcast
0: yeah thanks for having us <laughs> thank you so much Thank you.
2: thank you for listening to this podcast stay tuned for
1: the next episode everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you and you can change it you can influence it you can build your own things that other people can use the app guy podcast